So this is a little, I mean, it's been a little bit. So I, I had my my Bill Fickner uh, bull in the basement, which I've gotten a lot of um, commentary on, but I haven't done a bull in the basement in like a week and a half. I don't know what the, what am I doing? Like, there's nothing that I'm doing that's more important than this. I don't think. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter, uh, but it's time for a new version of bull in the basement. We're excited to have Tim O'Shai from the Buffalo News on, who has really been, you know, ear to the grindstone, for uh is that the phrase by the way you're a journalist is that right you're to the grind is it nose no i think it might be nose I, i'm a couple inches away I could be, who knows i could be wrong I, I'm, I'm three inches away whatever you're yeah. the journalist here that's why maybe i just pitched you that to see how smart you were maybe that. i knew that and and just was trying to throw you off your game a little bit um anyway you've had your nose to the grindstone you've had your ear to the ground Ground, we'll very good. Ground. Okay, yeah, let's okay. There we go. All right. In terms of the Bill Stadium issue, and obviously it's a huge talking point. And and you know what's funny? It's, it's sort of lost some steam uh, because of the bye week, because of the last two weeks of Bill's football, which hasn't been particularly good. So the team itself has sort of taken um, uh, over the you know the, the public eye, the conversation, social media, and beyond uh, about the team. But let's be honest, um, there is without question a timeline there has been for it seems like a couple of years the discussion about a new stadium uh and everybody seem I, there are people certainly taking sides um downtown or orchard park the bills seemingly tim uh want orchard park but i will get into this whole discussion in a second thank you for doing this uh clearly very happy to be here. Yeah, I appreciate you asking me on. Sure. There's so much to talk about on this topic. Yeah. Um, it'll be good. It's cool to be able to dig into it in some detail. Yeah. Um, you're a native of Buffalo, Western New York. Mm -hmm. What to, uh, you're a Bonnie, right? I am a, yeah, I'm a St. Bonaventure grad, 1998. Um, so, yeah, you know, you, you must know a lot of St. Bonaventure grads. You've been, I, I do. Been here long enough to know we're out there. <laughs> and, and I got to tell you, Matt, and, and, RIP and, and prayers. Uh, the the I understand the owner of the Burton passed this past week, if I'm not mistaken. Was that right? I heard. You know, I didn't know. So I have to admit, no, I didn't okay. know that. I'm. I'm a, this may be an irrelevant point, but for anybody from Bonaventure out there, it's relevant. It's also going to out me a little. Um, I was only at the Burton once in four <laughs> years at Bonaventure, um, and I'm sad to hear. I know the I, the owner. I never met him. Um, I know both him and that place are legendary. Um, I was always up, I started covering the bills when I was in college. So I was always up here in Buffalo, yeah. very rarely in Olean outside of classes. <laughs> uh, so it doesn't make me a very good Bonnie, uh, but no, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry to hear he passed if that happened this last week. Yeah. I say that only because uh, I've been to, you know, Friday night, Saturday game at Riley center, Saturday night, in Olean, and I've had some really good times in Olean uh, over the years. So uh, you had more than I have. Then <laughs> you can tell me about it. But, but to your benefit, if you hadn't done what you did, and God bless you, I'll tell you what. There's probably a lot of people uh, that would have given their right arm to be in the position you were in school to to cover the Bills at that point, right? I mean, now granted, the Bills weren't good, or they were around, they were okay when you first got the Bills, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's funny. I uh, my high school years, uh, grades all four grades, nine through twelve, the Bills went to the Super Bowl. Um, I graduated high school on the night of the O.J. Simpson car chase, um, wow. white well white Bronco chase. Right. That was my high school graduation night. <laughs> the next day, uh, my my neighbor, a guy named Jack Connors, who was the longtime publisher of the Business First newspaper here in Buffalo came to me and he said, and I'd been a writer at that point. I was writing for Baseball Digest and doing, you know, doing some pretty, some pretty cool work at the time. I was really grateful to be doing. Uh, Jack came up and he offered me uh, what really was like a dream job for a kid who had just watched the Bills go to the Super Bowl four years in a row. He said, we're starting a Buffalo Bills magazine. It was called Bills Insider, the official team magazine. Uh, and he said, I'd like you to come freelance for business first and write for our Bills publication. Um, so I graduated Frontier High School, got a job covering the Buffalo Bills freelance, and then went off to St. Bonaventure. And I had a like 93 green Ford Tempo that I just kept driving back and forth for the next like three or four years, 
covering the bills every, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Sunday. Um, and it, it was great. I loved, loved, loved doing it. They, I did catch them at the tail end of the Levy Kelly hall of famer years. Um, so that was a really great time to get into this. And then, you know, since then I've moved over more to the business side and still really happy to be doing it. Yeah. Uh, I, I am, I had no idea you wrote for baseball digest. That is so cool because I'm, I'm much older than you. And I remember as a kid, you know, baseball digest was this almost book size, not magazine size magazine. And so when I was a little kid, my friends used to nickname me football digest because I knew like every player, what college you went to every number, every position for every team in the NFL. That's probably why I, I, didn't have girlfriends for a very long time and uh, didn't get married till I was 40. That's all aside. Um, but here but yeah, you are, so. yeah, but uh, that's so cool that you work for baseball digest. That's awesome. And it's what a great legendary sports publication for sure. Oh, you know, and it was, it was a great place to break in. It was, it was that and, and locally the Hamburg sun, it was yeah. those two publications. Um, and what happened, and I always, it's a story that I tell aspiring journalists and just, you know, teens and kids a lot is I got cut from my high school baseball team in 11th grade, thus ending my dream of becoming a major league baseball player. And I had this like little conversation with myself. I mean, just in my head, I don't want to give up on the dream of making the big leagues, but obviously I'm not good enough. What could I do? What am I good at? And I'd always been a decent, not always, but I mean, in high school, I I developed into a decent writer and I liked meeting people. And I thought, what the heck? Let's try this. And I I sent a letter. Uh, This was the just barely pre-email, like it was at the very end of snail mail being the primary form of reaching out to people you don't know. I sent a letter to the editor of Baseball Digest, pitched him a story on a baseball scout from Buffalo named Cy Williams. And he, he wrote me back, or he called me, actually. He called me. My little sister answered the phone, handed it to me. I pretended like I was a lot older. And uh, he said, listen, I like your story. I'd be able to write it on spec. If it's good, uh, I'll pay you 150 bucks and we'll publish it. And that's what started it all. That's, that is awesome. Who, okay. Um, and this is, if you haven't watched Bull in the Basement, I am all over the place. I, I think I have undiagnosed ADHD, I'm pretty sure. Uh, because I am so scatterbrained when I come to this thing. So bear with me. Hearing all of that, before we get into the primary reason for having you on was because you you have studied the stadium issue inside out. And we wanted, that's going to be the primary focus of this interview. Um, But for you, is there a standout interview that you've done that, that either was sort of like somebody that would be bucket listed for you that you're just mind blown that you got this assignment like oh my god i cannot believe i'm doing a sit down with so and so if if that's the case who would that be can i give you two sure may I give you two two okay yeah. cool um ironically you know it's, like, it's funny because people ask uh, a version of that question a lot and it's changed for me over the years but I'll give you two, one early, one recent, um, and they, there's a similarity between both for Football Digest, which, you know, as you know, obviously, <laughs> was not only you in high school, but also, you know, an actual publication, a sister pub of Baseball Digest. Once I started writing for the, you know, for Football Digest, I pitched them a story on a, you know, on an old Michigan football player who had turned down um, two NFL contracts because he wanted to go to law school. And, uh, and, I, and this is a solid happened in the 1930s. Um, but I thought it would be a really cool story because that guy was Gerald Ford, who then, of course, went on to become a congressman, vice president, and then president of the United States. And um, so this is, we're, we're talking like maybe 1999, 2000, right at the end of President Ford's life or near the end. I pitched that story to Football Digest and I said, if I could get a hold of Gerald Ford to talk about his days playing football, would you go for it? And the answer came back, well, hell yeah, do it. So um, I reached out and uh, through his chief of staff and president Ford loved, loved, loved talking about football. Um, far more, I'd interviewed him later on about politics. He was, he was cool with it. He didn't love it, but he absolutely loved talking about his old football playing days, what he had learned about from football, about teamwork, um, about handling racial issues, about handling, because I was big, uh, even with his team, 
um, about handling uh, tough decisions like, do I go play in the NFL or do I go to law school? He thought law school would lead to something bigger and more lasting. He became president. It, it worked out just fine for him. So that was a big one. Uh, much more recently, this is at the Buffalo News in the last couple of years. Um, for a while, I was spending quite a bit of time uh, talking uh, on an almost weekly basis to a guy from Grand Island who um, originally came here from uh, Eastern Africa and then moved back to his home country of Somalia and became president. Um, and then his, had a, and he's still president now. His name is uh, Mohammed, President Mohammed. Mohammed, Mohammed is the first name and last name are the same. Uh, so Mohammed Abdullahi Mohammed. And he's got an incredibly, incredibly, incredibly difficult job uh, leading Somalia, which is one of the uh, one of one of the countries I would say that if you think of the various ways a country could struggle: poverty, terrorism, uh, famine, economic issues, um, international issues. Um, he is dealing with every one of those things and more. Um, and, and, and who would have thought, but in this job in the Buffalo News, I was taking weekly WhatsApp calls from the president of Somalia um, for months, uh, which has resulted in a, in a couple of really interesting stories. Uh, that was never on my bucket list because I never would have thought to put it on there. Right. Um, but I have to tell you, I mean, it's been this fascinating ride as a journalist. And I know you know this as a, you know, as a broadcast personality, as a host, the people you meet, the situations you find yourself in, uh, the conversations above all that, that you find yourself in, are mind-blowingly fascinating and i've always been so grateful for that yeah blessed for sure uh, i would agree uh same for me um tim oshai buffalo news joining us in this edition of bull in the basement so all right let's fast forward let's get to the let's get to the football stuff let's talk Our stadium, stadium. All right, yeah. let's do it. um so the pagulas seemingly are in favor of uh, an orchard park uh place obviously the, the talk is uh, ECC basically gets raised, uh, ECC South, and that's where a new stadium would go. Yeah, pretty pretty close. If I, I'll, I'll offer one teeny bit of clarity there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jason, Jason Wolf, um, who is our sports enterprise reporter, Jason Wolf and I, um, along with Tom Precious in Albany, uh, Steve Watson here in Buffalo, Sandy Tan here in Buffalo, um, and, and more of our colleagues, have all been working on this story. And uh, Jason and I were have done you know, multiple pieces lately. We were down at the owners' meetings. One of the, we have a long list of points we want to clarify. Here's one. So the Bills want to put the stadium across the street, uh, Abbott Road, for those who are familiar, across the street in suburban Orchard Park from the current stadium, from Highmark Stadium. So the land, one of the reasons that they prefer that spot um, is that the land is shovel ready and it's county owned land that's adjacent to Erie Community College land. And so we clarified this the other day, they, they want county land. They may need a little bit of ECC land depending how the planning works out. And then yeah, ECC, and I don't know too much about this, so I don't wanna, I don't want to say too much or suggest too much, um, but ECC South has been uh, recommended for closure or potential closure. That doesn't mean it is closing, but that's not, not the case right now to my knowledge. But it's on, it, you know, it, it's, it could potentially close, which I guess then would potentially open up that land. And you hear me saying, I guess, and potentially, because it's one of many things in this storyline that's, you know, yet to be determined. But, but yeah, basically it would go across the street uh, in an area that right now we know to be a parking lot that kind of juts up against DCC. What have, and maybe this is way too early in the discussion. But what then would happen to the current stadium, or, or are we not even there yet? They knock it down. Uh, yeah. What would happen is they build the new stadium, and then knock down the old stadium. They'd raise it, and it becomes a parking lot. Okay. Uh, and so interestingly, hey, this is something we get asked a lot too. Yeah, we're flip flopping the, one, the landscape basically. Yeah, basically, okay. yeah. You um, in the training center would stay yep. up. Okay. You know, the people would put. Uh, something like, this is not exact, but something like 140, 150, 160 million, somewhere in there, into that training center, at Grow Training Center. So they want to keep that. And so that would all stay. The current stadium would ultimately become a parking lot. And that $1.4 billion that the Bills have projected an OP stadium would cost also includes the cost of knocking down Highmark Stadium. Got it. Okay. So, I mean, listen, if you're going to compare other stadiums that are new in the last, let's say, three to five years in the NFL, 
And part of that 1.4 billion is destruction of Highmark. And I have no idea, I don't know anything uh, about tearing down uh, buildings. Uh, I don't know what it costs. But now you're talking potentially under a billion dollars, potentially, to build a brand new stadium, which is, let's be honest, much less than what some of those other stadiums, some of those other cities have paid, talking places like Minnesota, Atlanta, right? Right, right. Los Angeles, um, yeah. SoFi Stadium yep. is the biggest. Vegas, yeah. Yeah, Vegas, yeah. Legions in Vegas and SoFi in Los Angeles are yep. the, the two newest. Um, yeah, so the Bills Stadium, and, and you know, to your point, let me back up. To your point, I'm not sure either exactly what it would cost to raise um, Highmark, but yeah, you're talking... I'm projecting here. These are all projections right now. You're still talking a billion or a little bit more to build to build that new stadium. A good reference point for this whole thing, Rich, is uh, years ago the Pagulas paid 1.4 billion dollars to buy the Buffalo Bills. Coincidentally, that's also what it roughly will cost to build a new Orchard Park stadium. Um, and that, yeah, that is that is a lot less than what you see happen in some other places. Not too many stadiums have been built in the NFL in recent years, though, too. There have been some pretty big renovations. Uh, there's been Las Vegas and Los Angeles, which are huge, especially Los Angeles, which is like a city. Uh, SoFi Stadium, I should say, is like a city within itself outside of the city of Los Angeles. Um, so really, the Buffalo Bills, no matter where they end up putting a stadium, whether it's in Orchard Park as they want, whether somehow it ends up downtown, we could talk about what that you know, could look like how that might happen if it were to happen. But no matter what they do, they're actually setting a bit of a precedent here in the NFL because the other places where you've seen big, I'm sorry, the other places where you've seen stadiums get built are really big cities, Vegas, LA, Atlanta, places like that. Um, the smaller market teams in the, in the NFL, uh, Cincinnati is not that small, but it's on the smaller side. It's still a lot bigger than Buffalo. Green Bay, uh, Lambeau Field was renovated, but they Kansas just, City, Kansas City renovated. Yeah. Um, none of these smaller cities have built a stadium in recent years. So what the Bills do here is really going to set a model for Cincinnati, which is going to be looking at potentially building a new stadium uh, a few years out. Um, and some other cities to come to. So that's a big reason uh, the NFL owners are watching this. They'd be watching anyway, but they can watch it with a little, there's a little extra reason to pay close attention to what happens here. Okay, so you hear from Bill's Brass that Orchard Park, the reason for it, I'm assuming, is for affordability, number one, uh, mm -hmm. both both from the taxpayer and from them. Uh, fair, right? Um, also, Presumably, I, yeah. 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 Uh, also, you know, I would assume because, you know, just traditional or tradition is probably another reason uh, that's kind of thrown in there and mentioned. I know they mention the fan base and tailgating, which for me, I, I think is is a ploy to get their fans behind them for what they want to do. I mean, I don't I don't you know, we've heard the Bills in not very recent times say, hey, we're not really big fans of some of the things that happen at tailgates. Uh, so I don't know how big of a fan they are of tailgates or how much they're playing to the fan base, which is fine. I get it. It's not, it's not unintelligent to do that. Um, but these are some of the reasons, but you know, more in depth, the, the, like the real solid reasons as to why they want Orchard Park versus downtown. Well, you, you hit, you hit the biggest ones. And, you know, if you had somebody from the bills on, and by the way, there are not too many people from the bills or Pagula sports who, can speak to this in a lot of detail. They've kept the circle very, very, very surprisingly, I think, to people on the outside, very tight. Um, so you really would need Ron Rakuya, um, who's their executive vice president, uh, Kim or Terry Bagula, a few others to speak to this. Um, but if you were my strong suspicion um, or, or my knowledge based on having these, these conversations is, yeah, they would tell you that fans overwhelmingly want Orchard Park for the reasons you just said, Rich, that they, they like the tailgating, they like the accessibility, they like the space. Um, there's traffic going out to Orchard Park, but it doesn't get, in NFL terms, it doesn't get that snarl. It's snarled. Uh, and people are accustomed to it, too, let's face it. I mean, they, you know what Bill's traffic is going to be. Um, people here, here's a little bit of my opinion thrown in people in Buffalo in general are a little more averse to change than you will see in some other cities. 
That said, and this is a huge caveat to what I just said, anecdotally, I hear from a lot of people who would love to see a stadium downtown. And, and I mean a lot. Um, and that, that's just me chatting with people, hearing from people. So as much as I can say, people in Buffalo like tradition and they like things to be a better version of what they've been. This is one where I do wonder if um, people could get behind a downtown stadium were it to happen, you know, we'll see. Um, affordability though, back to your point, that's a huge one. Uh, 1.4 billion for an NFL stadium actually isn't that high, not for an NFL stadium. It's a load of money, but for what they're talking about building, it's actually not, a, it's, it's, it's not an elaborate expenditure. It's pretty, it's pretty on target to the, the extent of my knowledge for what's something of that size and scope and durability, it's got to last for decades. Um, it's pretty on target for what that should cost. Do you suspect, and I don't know how we would even be able to judge this, but do you suspect that this brand new stadium will be as luxurious as it could or would be? You know, do you suspect that there might be some cutting corners, that it might not necessarily be all the bells and whistles that some people may have seen, to your point, in L.A. or in Vegas or in some of the, the Atlantas or the Minneapolises where these stadiums in the last five years have been popping up. Uh, you might not see the extravagance, but people in Buffalo might not care at the same time. Yeah, I, and it's all your points. I don't know that people in Buffalo would necessarily know the difference unless they're traveling around to other cities and if they are and which is fine and if you are traveling around to other cities then the question becomes this if you go to a buffalo bills game are you going because the stadium is just so cool and just so so fancy are you going to stand out in a, hopefully a blizzard in december <laughs> when the bills are playing the dolphins and you know maybe rip your <laughs> rip your shirt off to reveal like that um, you know red and blue hairy chest sorry that's disgusting. but it's real right this happens yeah. uh, you know that's a lot of reason people go to bills games they're not looking for for fancy right yeah, sure. it's also a lot of reason why you know you hear a surprising to me at least number of people until who you know until recently who were saying let's just you know i like highmark like let's let's fix up highmark we we can get into that too if you want um so yeah, it's not going to resemble what you would see in Los Angeles. It's not going to resemble what you would see in Vegas, but those are major tourism cities. They are serving a crowd that, that does love football, but they also love going to places where, you know, you're there to be seen and to see that's other right. people. That's right. It's a, that's a little bit different. I yeah. think that's dramatically different than, yeah. than Buffalo. Um, now, an, an interesting an interesting point, too, that'll be hard to, to get at, but I think there's something to it, is... There have been stadium brainstorms and plans and studies around Buffalo for, for a while. Um, they've been talking about building a new stadium, even the state almost offered it up in the last negotiation 10 years ago. This has been talked about for a while. It would be interesting to take a look at pre-pandemic and post-pandemic ideal Buffalo stadium plans and see what kinds of things remain and what kind of things get cut. I would think some of the bells and whistles the, um, you know, the cosmetic elaborate type things. I don't have a real, I, I won't make up an example because I don't have a real one. Um, there might be some things that make a stadium look a little more grandiose that you don't see now, maybe. Um, I do think what you're gonna see, and this is, this is big and it fits what Buffalo wants, is you're gonna see more things like party decks. Um, you're gonna see more communal spaces. Uh, where people can stand and gather and watch the game, but also hang at a bar that, um, where they can gather in groups of friends, where not everybody who's in that stadium is necessarily sitting in a seat or even has a seat assigned to them. And that's a trend, as you know, I'm sure, straight across sports. I was at Yankee Stadium on Labor Day, and they have, they have expensive party decks. They have $15 party decks. Uh, the place has a lot of great seats and it has a lot of party docks. And I mean, that's the New York Yankees. That's the most iconic sports franchise in the world. And they're doing it. You'll see that here in Buffalo, too. That's interesting. Um, talking about money. Let's talk before we get to the downtown idea. And, and if, is there any more on Orchard Park that we need to discuss more in depth that people need to know that maybe they didn't in terms of, you know, why? 
it's there and what it's going to be if it if it comes to this? Well, something I think people should watch for and ask about, and the asking about starts with with us, right? With with the journalists um, at the news and beyond who are covering it, is if you put a stadium in Orchard Park, what more can you do with that? Like, what can you do to create more of a community, uh, to create spinoff uh, economic development? Um, a guy who's been a great source of mine and who's a good friend of yours, John Simperman. Um, I want to give a shout out to John on this because he he's, he spoke to Jason Wolf and I uh, in some detail about this. Um, John, for for people who don't who's, who don't immediately register his name, John Simperman is a longtime sports executive in the NHL, the NBA, um, a longtime sports uh, marketing agency owner who's done a lot of stadium development work, and so he's one of the, the foremost experts in the country on how a stadium can be integrated into a community. You would have to do that if you put it downtown, which I suspect is a conversation we're about to have. Yep. But you could do that if you're doing it in Orchard Park as well, whether it's restaurants, hotels, um, office, offices. I'm not sure what that looks like nowadays, but offices, um, housing. Uh, this is me spitballing and it's me throwing out big concepts that's easy to do. It's much harder to put that into action. But it really is something that should be discussed, especially if ECC South closes because you're gonna have a lot of space there yep. and it doesn't all need to be for parking well so i mean like you having covered the bills for a very long time and been on the, being on the road with them for a bunch of years you know the one thing that comes to mind right out of the gate is foxborough i mean gillette stadium is literally in the middle of nowhere uh, kind of similar to what highmark is and they have built a city around that stadium there's hotels that wrap me to your point hotels restaurants retail everything right there where you could literally go and stay at the stadium for a weekend if you were at tickets to a game. And I, looking at that landmass that is on the other side of Abbott from the current stadium, I could totally see something like that happening. Right. In Green Bay, Wisconsin is another example too, Titletown um, with the Green Bay Packers. So yeah, that is something that I imagine I, I don't want to say we're going to see it in Orchard Park. That would be me over projecting. I don't know that. But it's going to be talked about. I think it's going to be demanded. And, um, you know, as a longtime business journalist as well, it's it, it, and, and just observing and writing about these things, it really should happen. There's a great opportunity to integrate that space into the surrounding community. And, you know, for any of us, I, you know, I grew up in the South Towns. For any of us who have grown up or lived south of Buffalo, uh, you know, there's a lot of opportunity there, a lot of a lot of space in places, and that's one of them, and a lot of opportunity to to draw more people in and to build it out more. The Buffalo Bills could be one of the best ways of doing that in a grand way. Um, so I'm going to interrupt the conversation between OP and downtown for a second because this is important and it affects both, obviously. I think the, uh, another big question, I mean, people obviously want to know where the stadium is going to be, what it's going to look like, what kind of amenities it's going to have, but they also want to know you know, how's it going to affect my wallet, you know, in terms of being a taxpayer? I, I think there's, and I've had this discussion with a boatload of people in the last couple of weeks about this. And, and, and I get the feeling that people think, because they say, well, we're paying for all of it, right? And I, I get the feeling that people think that only people in Buffalo and Western New York are going to pay for the stadium in terms of taxpayer money. And that's completely untrue, right? I mean, it's, this is, it's a New York state. It's, and I tell them this, how many times as Buffalonians, have we bitched and moaned about, oh, we've just sent our money downstate. It's just going to build a new Yankee Stadium. It's going to go build a new Brooklyn Nets arena. It's going to build a new uh, Long Island, uh, New York Islanders arena. And, and we never get it back here. Right. Here's the opportunity to bring it back here. Now, again, the question to you, how ultimately would, affect, would it affect the Western New York taxpayer? My suspicion is, well, let, me, let, me, let me step back and offer another caveat. Um, I think it's important for journalists and you know any, anybody who's speaking publicly to acknowledge like where you have expertise, where you have deep knowledge and where you have enough knowledge to answer the question, but not, not position yourself as an expert. Uh, that last point, that's me on, on this one. Um, my, so here, here's what I know. Um, first of all, 
the New York state budget is around $200 billion, a little bit more. So we're talking one 200th uh, of that cost. Let's say the state throws in a billion dollars just to keep the numbers round ish. Sure. Yeah. So we're talking one 200th uh, approximately, maybe a little less than that of the state budget in a single year. This is not a single year expense. It's an expense that, and this is now where I'm going to go into areas I don't 100% understand, right? Math is not your expertise. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, the basic math is, but this is why you have investment bankers, right. financial consultants, and yeah, this, we're about to get in the, if you get down to the dollar amounts, this, this gets pretty high level. But basically, you don't, much like you don't, uh, unless you have, by, unless you're buying a $250,000, $100,000 house and you've got a quarter million bucks in a bank account, you're not paying for that house all at once. You're getting a mortgage and you're paying over 15 or 30 years. Essentially, you're not going to hear the word mortgage used on a stadium. Essentially, if you're bonding and other financial tools, the same thing happens. So if the state puts in a billion dollars of taxpayer or public money, that's going to be spread out over the course of years, of decades, not of any one single year. If it was one single year, it's less than one two hundredth of the state budget. It's not one single year, which means that we're talking even less per year of that. Um, so that's one, that for perspective, that's one thing. So I, I, my bottom line suspicion is people wouldn't notice the difference in their taxes based on that. That's one. Two is a lot of school districts, including, I believe, Buffalo, and I would, I'll throw this out there and say we need to double check me on this, but I believe Buffalo is one of them. Uh, and I shouldn't say a lot, but a handful of big city school districts get aid from the state each year that's in the range of a billion dollars, or perhaps if it's New York City, much more, right? Um, so we'd have to double check my numbers on that, but there are other things in places that get a billion dollars. Now, one of the counter arguments that jumps in, and this is a really good point, is Terry Pagula and Kim Pagula are billionaires. Why are we helping them build a stadium? That's a question that I ask too, and we've dug into it. We're gonna dig into it a lot more. I can tell you one of the responses will be, um, and it's not, it's not a response that's gonna satisfy people, but it's absolutely 100% true. If you don't and they choose to move somewhere else, somebody else will build it. That's one answer. Um, another answer you would hear from the bills on that is if we put a bill, we put it, you know, we bought the bills for $1.4 billion because over time, if we keep the team, that team goes up in value, it already has, right? So 1.4 billion for the bills is a good investment. For a stadium, which is a necessity to keeping that team, um, it's harder in a place like Buffalo where you can't charge astronomical dollars for personal seat licenses, for suites, for premium tickets, for even for advertising sponsorships. You can't charge what Los Angeles, Atlanta, Las Vegas, Chicago, and so on can charge. You just can't do it. You can't charge what the Jets and the Giants can make down in, in you know, across the river in New Jersey. So that's one of the reasons why, and the bill side, why they would say we need public help. Um, we could go on, we can dig in deeper and deeper. I want, I want to make clear too, I don't have a side or an opinion on this. Um, I'm giving what, what both sides yeah, are. And that, sure. that's when you, when you dig into it, that's what you hear. Yeah. Um, is it a good thing for Western New York that we just happen to have, politics aside, a Western New Yorker in the governor's office, at least right now. I mean, in terms of timeline yeah. and when and if this is going to happen, it, is it advantageous to us to have Kathy Hochul being a Western New Yorker in office in Albany? If your point of view is I am from Buffalo and I want the Buffalo Bills to remain in Western New York, then Kathy Hochul becoming governor was one of the best things that could have happened. My strong suspicion is Andrew Cuomo wasn't going to let the Buffalo Bills go anywhere had he remained governor. And I don't think any governor of New York State would want to want to not only want to see that happen, but allow that to happen. But in terms of keeping the negotiations moving or even getting them moving, and in terms of understanding what the Buffalo Bills mean to Western New York beyond the dollars, and we can get into financial impact too, if you like, because it's really hard to measure it in dollar amounts and hard dollars. Uh, 
But if you want somebody who really appreciates it and has lived it, Kathy Hochul grew up in Buffalo. Um, she lived for a long time in Hamburg, um, 10 minutes from where the Buffalo Bills play football. Um, close enough, honestly, where if things got really loud, you could probably hear the noise from Highmark Stadium over at her house, or at least quite close to that. Um, so she really, yeah, she really, she really does get that. The interesting thing to me is, you know, by all accounts, the stadium negotiations up through August of this past summer, so just a couple months ago, three months ago, were very, very, very silent. Um, in other words, they weren't really happening. There was just not a lot going on. Um, Kathy Hochul became governor. And soon enough, the stadium negotiations started happening. And now they're talking at least once a week, maybe more. In fact, I would assume probably more. So that um, that's not just Kathy Hochul's doing, but I can tell you the state was quiet under Cuomo and the state's engaged under Hochul. So yeah, it's good for Buffalo that she's there if your goal is to keep the bills. Yeah. If your goal is not to spend any public money for a stadium, I, I think that would have happened under any governor, yeah. most likely. But yeah, Kathy Hochul is going to be pretty. In fact, she told us she's willing. She wants it in the budget. So uh, we learned that directly from her a couple of weeks ago. Which may, as she comes up for re-election, if you will, next year, uh, may hurt her downstate potentially, right? I mean, she's gonna. She'll have to explain it. She'll have to defend yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and that's pure. You know, Rich. I mean, obviously, that's that's pure politics. Sure. Um, she will, I mean, the political calculus for her is really, really interesting here. Um, and I say this just from the outside watching and easy, easy for me to call it interesting. It's actually, uh, you know, incredibly complicated. Um, but, they, but it basically comes down to this. The one part of the state that Kathy Hochul can absolutely count on winning would be Western New York, right? The one way to guarantee you don't win it is lose the Buffalo Bills. Nobody, by the way, I want to pause on that. Absolutely nobody's talking about the Bills moving out of Buffalo in any serious way. Anything you hear about that beyond just acknowledging that it's a distant possibility um, is people overblowing it. Like there, there's no reason right now to think the Bills are going anywhere. Absolutely not. Um, that said, if the negotiations weren't going anywhere at all, then you would start hearing talk or chatter of that, you know, kicking up. None of that would be good for Kathy Hochul, yeah. right? So she's got a tough primary coming up in coming up in June. She's going to be facing Letitia James, the state attorney general. Uh, it sounds very likely Bill de Blasio, the outgoing New York City mayor. Um, I'm sure some other Democrats and then whoever's going to end up on the Republican side will be waiting right after that if she even wins in the primary. So she's got some tough months coming up very, very soon. The best thing she could do politically and for the timeline of building a new stadium, by the way, as well, would be lock this down soon. If I were, it's not my job to consult for the governor, but if I were speculating on what a political consultant uh, and economic development people would consider to be a good move, wherever you put the stadium, also make sure that you are, you, there's a real plan for the ancillary development you and I were talking yep. about a few minutes ago. How is this going to be good for the community, not just for the Bills, not just for the Pagulas, the owners? What, how's it going to help Western New York? What is it going to give us that we don't already have? Yeah. Right. So um, we don't just want a new stadium. We want a new stadium and something more. Yeah. So if you can sell that development and that money and then explain to people as best you can how that billion dollars is being spent and where it's coming from. And that would help. And then she's the other thing too is Kathy Hochul, Governor Hochul has to take care of downstate. And if anybody's been paying attention to her schedule, she is in New York City almost every day. Um, I, I get her schedule every night on a media list and it almost always says Governor Hochul is in New York City. Um, she's home maybe once a week in Erie County and then she's back to New York. So she's really not only or figuratively, but literally living there right now. Um, you were at the NFL owners meetings. And so I bring up the governor for a lot of reasons, uh, what we just talked about, but also because there is a very serious timeline going on here, largely in part because of the lease, right? I mean, the, the, the Pagulas have stated outright, listen, we, we do not 
because it's just too expensive what, to do anything with the current stadium in terms of renovation whatsoever. And the lease, what, what is there, 18 months left in the lease, something like that? Maybe yeah, there's essentially, yeah, July 23, it runs out. There's essentially yeah. one more season. One more, it'll look like two more years on paper, but one more right. season left on the lease. So that timeline's important, right? Very, very important. So here's the situation with the stadium. The Jason Wolf and I did a report on this one back in August. We took a tour of the stadium. We reviewed in detail a lengthy report commissioned by Erie County through an engineering firm uh, to what was working and what's not working with Highmark Stadium. There are a number of issues. It's nearly 50 years old. Two of the biggest and most expensive ones are the upper deck is near the end of its lifespan. It's perfectly safe right now. Uh, and I really want to emphasize that there's no reason to think you're going to have any problem going to Highmark Stadium this year, next year, the year after, the year after that. This was a report that was looking out over you know the next decade and beyond. Um, in five to seven years, there's going to be extensive repairs, near uh, nearly a rebuild needed of the upper deck of Highmark Stadium. Also, the lower ring bowl right around the field there. Um, essentially because it's built at grade and the earth shifts, um, you know, who thought earth science would play into a football conversation, but it does. Uh, so geologically, the earth moves, the stadium moves with it. And so that lower ring bowl has been separating out and that would need to be replaced too. Uh, there's other wiring, water main issues. There, there's a lot going on there. So Highmark Stadium has a solid five to seven years to go. And then it would require some pretty expensive work to be done beyond that. That puts a timeline on getting a new stadium. That's number one. In a state report that Governor Hochul just released, really dispense with any remaining notion that Highmark Stadium should be renovated or rebuilt. It's Highmark Stadium is about to be to be finished, right? That that's solidly factually set, right? So that's number one. So you've got five to seven years to go there. You've got a lease that runs out in 23, so one more, one more year to go. And then you have here the political calendar we just talked about, um, where from whether you're Governor Hochul, state legislators, um, and even other, you know, it, it, um, state, you know, I'm sorry, well, statewide officials and local officials who are in the federal government, Senator Chuck Schumer. Uh, Congressman Brian Higgins, some others, people who are going to be up for re-election, who aren't going to want a Buffalo, an open-ended discussion about the Buffalo Bills happening while they're asking the voters for their support, right? So there's every reason to want to get this thing done soon on a political level, on a structural level, knowing that Highmark's going to need repairs, um, and just to get the bills into a new stadium. Because eventually, there, there, there could be a year where there's, a, in fact, there will be, where a new stadium's being built and the Bills are playing in Highmark and you want Highmark to be ready to go without putting massive money in it just to stick a Band-Aid on it for like one or two more seasons. Yeah. So it is pretty time sensitive, even though we're sure. talking 2026 is the earliest a new stadium would open. It seems like forever, but it's not. It's actually really close in this, you know, in this realm. Okay, so we um, mentioned very, very early in the conversation um, about that there's the OP argument, there's the downtown argument, there's businesses in Buffalo that are aligning with the OP argument, there's businesses that are aligning with the downtown argument. We haven't gotten to the downtown argument yet. What is the argument for a downtown? So what's the pluses? I know one thing we ultimately hear is infrastructure, right? That's the one word we hear about a downtown stadium, that there's no infrastructure. Traffic would be terrible. It would be awful getting out of there. It's terrible getting out of a Sabres game. It would be just brutal. And that you see, yet you see some of the designs and there is rail, right? Um, mm -hmm. Running right alongside the stadium. If that is realistic or not, I don't know. But that certainly would pick up some of the traffic, clearly. Um, and there are plenty of, my understanding, satellite lots within about the same walking distance as you would going to a Bills game in Orchard Park. So I know people are saying, well, there's no parking, there's no tailgating, there's no infrastructure, even though the 190 is right there. Uh, and so is Route 5. Um, you know, that, that seems to be the argument against, in addition to the price tag, right? Right. So the, um, the argument, the arguments for, and these are, there's going to be more and more of these coming out right now. So I'm going to, I'm going to hit some and there will certainly be uh, rich, a lot of your listeners who say, but what about this? What about this? Um, this is just a couple knowing that there's a lot more, um, 
it's bring a lot more people downtown. It'll only do it, you know, in a good year, 12 times or so. You get a few more concerts in, things like that. But oh, no, you'll wait, have- hold on, let me, let me stop you because they, well, at least the one rendering, rendering I saw put a convention center there. Now I get it. I, I've been hearing- right, right, That was my next one. That's my next one, yeah. <laughs> so, so it would get used more than 12 times, ideally. Uh, and maybe- No, if you put a, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, um, yeah, and that's where I was going with that. So like the- the stadium itself for football and concerts will only draw people roughly a dozen times. And so. you could maybe put a final four in there at some point, you know, things, whatever. Yeah, but possibly. You might get 20 Hockey athletic events that. and concerts. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, for a lot of what we, we could brainstorm down that road for a while and it yeah. would eventually involve a dome or a retractable roof, which that's is right. Really that's right. Um, but it's in the realm of possibility. So for the conversation like this, yeah, we should acknowledge it. Um, there is a lot you could do that way. Um, yes, you could put a convention center in there. Uh, that would draw more people as long as they draw the conventions. Right. Now, the argument there would be we need a bigger, better convention center to draw those conventions. The next thing they'll need, though, is more hotels and more. And if you then start thinking about it, and I'm getting into some of the drawbacks. I miss, I told you I'd give you the pro, so I'm <laughs> right. mix them up here, right? right. Um, so continuing down the stream of conscious brainstorm here, you get a convention center in here and you go for those big conventions or um, the, you know, the biggest convention of all that combines football would be a Super Bowl, something like that. Uh, even setting aside that you would need a dome, you also need not only enough hotel rooms, but a certain level of hotel. Buffalo doesn't necessarily have enough rooms or the level of hotel. And one of the ways you know that this is going back to something John Simperman, the sports uh, marketing expert and longtime executive mentioned, one of the ways you know that is we've never had an NHL All-Star game here. That's right. Not, not since that arena opened in the mid-90s. Yeah, which is crazy. Right? So now, and there's counter arguments. I'm, I'm speaking in very broad, simplistic terms here, and I want to acknowledge that. But that's part of what, you know, that's part of what's going on here. So pros, though, you're going to get more people downtown. You can make an argument that the space that would be used, that much of it's not being used in a way that's like highly monetized right now anyway. So you could throw that argument and there is a reason to put it there. Now, some of the cons, the traffic is, the, tra the traffic, the infrastructure is one. You can address that. And my suspicion is there's probably ways to address parking as well. It adds a lot of time on. Um, it would take more time and uh, a lot more money, not only to build a downtown stadium, but to do the infrastructure work, the site reviews, not all that land is shovel ready. In fact, most of it's probably not. In fact, I'm not even sure any of it is, to be honest. Um, they would have to check that and talk about what land they're looking at. But essentially, it's going to cost a lot more money to take a lot more time. And remember, Highmark Stadium only has so much time left. So that's a complication, too. Doesn't mean you can't do it. It's just a lot more complicated. Uh, and we could go on. You know, If you develop it downtown, you could not only look at a convention center, but a lot more spin-off development that could then connect back over with what's happening down at the waterfront, canal side, the arena, which is used quite a lot, right? I mean, unlike football stadiums, which sit empty most of the year, hockey and basketball style arenas are used and can be used much of the year. So downtown Buffalo has developed so incredibly much over the last 10, 15 years. You could make an argument that the stadium would build on top of that, help accelerate it, and maybe bring some of the things Buffalo doesn't have. Uh, the, and then I'm gonna throw two other little uh, little details in there, but one, one I think is really significant on a human level. The, the tailgating, my suspicion is you can find a way around that, but it's not gonna look the same downtown as it would in the suburbs, okay? That's one thing. Bigger thing, there's people whose homes are gonna be displaced. In fact, there's a lot of people whose homes are gonna be displaced. And it shouldn't be lost in the conversation that when, I'm not sure what the numbers are, but when you're talking about relocating potentially several hundred families who are living in housing complexes there, that's not a small thing, even if people aren't talking about it. It's actually a big, big, big deal. And I'm not saying it's a reason not to look into it or you know, to, to look away from it, but on a very human level, you gotta look at that too. And, and 
that's that's a real part of this. So um, I think any discussion of the stadium is incomplete without acknowledging. Yeah, and, and listen, I mean, <laughs> we throw around the phrase city of good neighbors and we wouldn't be ones if we didn't take that into account, right? And we wouldn't live Absolutely. up to that, that mantra. So, uh, so um, you gave some pros, you gave some cons. Uh, ideally for you, and obviously it's going to be significantly more expensive. The timeline's a lot different, takes a lot longer. Uh, infrastructure's a problem, it's an issue. If you were a betting man, I mean, it sounds to me, even though I know we're getting pushed for both from significant people on both sides, um, it sounds to me, though, that OP is going to win in the end. I mean, if you're a betting man, was that would, would you bet OP is to be the place where it's going to end up? Yeah, I have no, I want to make clear I don't have any inside information on this. So this is just me answering your question. Yeah. Person to person, media guy to media guy. Yeah. Um, my, What's gut, your gut? my gut right now is Orchard Park with some kind of downtown development mixed into that in some way. And that's my gut. I couldn't connect those things here for you right now without completely spitballing it. And I, I don't want to go that far because then I'm just, um, you know, then, then, then I'm just trying to like connect dots that I, that I only suspect are there. I don't know where they're. My gut on that is based on the finances. I think it's, I can envision a world in which the Pagulas are putting in, um, let's say, I don't know, two or $300 million, something like that. I, I don't know that to be true. It's just my gut where the state and the county are putting in around a billion dollars or so and where that's palatable to everybody and where the elected officials involved feel like they can go out and sell it so long as there's some ancillary, um, significant, noticeable ancillary development involved and really sell the idea to people in Buffalo that, hey, you're gonna have a crown jewel of a stadium. Um, I think you can do the same thing downtown, but it's gonna take longer. It's gonna be way more expensive, of course. And there's almost guaranteed to be complications that come up in any kind of building, they're gonna come up. But when you're building there, there's so many more that can yeah. come up. Yeah. And I don't know that the elected officials involved are quite going to have the stomach for that. But I, that's just my gut. I could also envision a world where they do a grandiose project downtown and sell it as the transformative project that um, wraps together all the amazing progress that's been happening in Buffalo yeah. over the last, you know, slowly but surely and sometimes fast over the last couple of decades. I mean, listen, uh, pretty much all of Canal Side, Pagulas are responsible for, for the most part, right? And why not throw a football and now make it really Pagulaville, right? I mean, if you put a football stadium down yeah. there, I mean, I can see that thought process, even though it's probably not the, the, the most frugal one or the most sensible one, but I can, I can see that going through people's brains um, for sure. Can I give you, let me give you a little interesting, like connect the dots over the yeah, years. Sure. You look at, if you look at canal side, um, this, this is an aside about canal side, but if you look at canal side, the whole vision for that really started with, um, this is not a complete list, but Bob and Mindy Rich, uh, along with Larry Quinn and some other people who were working on it back in the early two thousands. And then it was accelerated in a sense, indirectly by Tom Galasano buying the Sabres and stabilizing that franchise, which kept them anchored in that arena, right? Because that's the, the Sabres are in real danger of leaving Buffalo sure. you know, back in the early 2000s. So Galasano bought them, kept them, kept them here, uh, set them up to be, and then Larry Quinn, of course, was involved in both Canal Side and the Sabres. And then that stable, you know, that set up the Sabres to be purchased and built upon, maybe not in a hockey sense till lately, but in a business sense and in a developmental sense by the Pagulas, who then built the Harbor, Lecom Harbor Center across the street. And meanwhile, Canal Side keeps building up. So does much of the rest of downtown. Um, Delaware North, um, through sports service, concession business has played. Uh, they've been present and you know, arguably played an important role in this the whole way through. Um, so really, if you look at some of the biggest billionaire names associated with Buffalo, um, it's interesting how their mark has been left here. There's not necessarily a lot of connection between those different people, but they've all um, directly or indirectly played played some kind of role. And, you know, and that's not me trying to boost up uh, 
the role of those people, but it's interesting to me when I look at it, because uh, factually it's true. Like yeah. they, all, they all kind of played a role. So uh, anyway, that's where my brain was going. You said no, this fine. is freewheeling. You said it were freewheeling. Yeah, that was yeah. my little nerdy no, it's all good. Yeah. But that got me to this. Yeah. Arguably, the with apologies to um, Ellicott and Sinatra and I'm, I'm, uh, uh, Savarino and the big developers in town, you got to think the biggest developer in Buffalo right now is Doug Jamal. Does he, <laughs> I, I, this is a just bizarre, crazy question. Maybe not, but does he have any play in this at all? Is he in the conversation? Does he, are, are the big power developers, are, are they talking to the, like, are they part of this at all? I, so I haven't talked to Doug Jamal, so I don't, so I don't know. So the, the, the straight up answer, the responsible and truthful answer from my end is I don't know. My strong suspicion is that Doug Jamal and other developers, you just named a bunch of, you know, people or their companies who have taken an interest or want to have an interest. I think if this happens down, if there's a stadium downtown, absolutely, you're going to see people wanting to be involved and um, actively looking at that, right? If it happens in Orchard Park, but there's still that downtown development of some kind that comes a lot of that's somehow packaged with it, uh, then yeah, I could see. Because remember, too, Pagola Sports has an office downtown and they have the Sabres. So the and they have the Harbor Center. And this is all one company in the end, it's all Pagola Sports and Entertainment. Um, I could easily see some kind of collaborations happening. I do not know right now what those would be. I'm not sure if anybody does, um, but you've got to think that there's some brainstorming, there's some talking, there's some chatter. Yeah. Um, that's my best day. Yeah. I wish yeah. I could give you a better answer. No, that's fine. But I don't think people should assume that those things aren't being looked at. Sometimes here, by the way, I feel like I could run for office. I'm giving you both answers. <laughs> Should I go with, what's my gut, OP or downtown? Right, right. It's a little bit of both. Um, yeah, I mean, these are people who have made a big impact on Buffalo. Yeah. And, you know, you and I know how big time athletes think and coaches, business people, developers, um, they are the same. They are competitive. When there's a big game being played, uh, when there's a big event happening, they want to be on the field and their instinct is to look at, it doesn't mean they're going to jump in at all costs or at any cost, but they're going to look at it and they're going to think about it and they're going to talk about it. And that may not always be public, but that's the mindset. That's a common mindset you're going to see. So yeah, that's at some level somewhere that's got to be happening. There will be a lot of news coming on this. Obviously a lot of bombshells. I'm certain what for you is, What's the earliest we'll find out what will happen ultimately, in your, in your opinion? Maybe you know what date, but if, if again, yeah. your, your gut on when the earliest Bills fans will know what's going to happen. I mean, the, the earliest, what's being talked about is end of the year, December December 31st. You don't typically hear people use the date of December 31st, yeah. but they'll say we want a framework in by the end of the year. Ron Rakuya from Google Sports has said that. Uh, Mark Polencars, the Erie County executive, has spoken of that with some hopefulness or optimism that it could happen. Governor Hochul, you know, to the point I made earlier, essentially is speaking the same language when she says, I want this in the New York state budget, which she proposes in January, which would mean you'd probably want a framework around the end of the year. So if things go on the timeline that the parties inside the room are hoping it does, then they'll know in the next couple of months, we'll know, meaning on the outside, maybe in early 2022. You know, I think that's okay. a possibility. Now, when I say we'll know, that might mean where it's going and roughly what's being, what it's going to cost, what's being contributed. And then legislators at multiple levels, Erie County legislators, state legislators, are going to have to be involved. There's a world in which you could see Senator Schumer, Congressman Higgins, but especially Senator Schumer on this uh, being involved. If it, if any of the Biden infrastructure money um, right. is coming here, there's that level of thing. So there's a lot of there's a lot of governmental say in what happens. By the time that all shakes out, we're probably talking spring. Okay. You know? April, right. May, something like that. That's that's my best guess. I'll say, ask me in a week, and yeah, those, right. you know that that could change. 
Well, I mean, look, look at for for people that live in Western New York and hate wintertime, you can look forward to the end of winter and the beginning of a new Bill Stadium, right? Uh, ideally, you that know, is ideally, yeah. And again, guess, if yeah. you, yeah, and again, if you're a Bills fan who wants a, um, if you want, if you want a cool place to go watch a game, to hang out with your friends, and you want to get rid of any notion that the Buffalo Bills are going to leave, and again, there's no reason to think they are. But if you want to just bury that notion, then from that perspective, that's a pretty good result, right? Yeah. If you're someone who wants to see government spend, you know, who doesn't want to see government fund something like this, uh, that's a fair, that's a really fair uh, standpoint too, where you, where you can back it up with a lot of, a lot of reasons. You're not going to like that result, right? But that's, I think that's what we're looking at. Okay. So uh, coming maybe a little bit before, oh, I mean, look at Winter ends, spring starts were right around draft time, right. uh, 2022, and maybe around the same time we hear some sort of stadium announcement of what's going to happen. Listen, this has been the longest, by the way, you've now set the record for the longest bull in the basement ever, Tim O'Shai, for the Buffalo News. And we haven't even time. Like, there's still a lot more to come. Thank you for your reporting. Thank you for your fellow journalists reporting. I know you've mentioned you have, you have a team working on this, uh, and you mentioned their names. And I know you have your whole pandemic lessons thing that – we will definitely do, uh, we'll do this. You'll be another, uh, you'll have another guest slot filled for Bull in the Blade Basement when we do pandemic lessons with you, all right? I'd, lo- I'd love to come back. And sadly, I don't think pandemic lessons is going anywhere because COVID's not going anywhere, right? So, right on, right on. Yeah, when I, I'll tell you, it's more uplifting to talk about a stadium though, than to talk about. <laughs> for sure. In fact, this is the longest, well, I got to tell you, it's the longest conversation I've had. And it's because I talk a lot. I appreciate your your patience. It is the longest conversation I've had without mentioning COVID in a long time, too. So you're welcome. Happy happy to have that. <laughs> well, thanks for doing it, man. Uh, again, I really appreciate it. And um, obviously, for those of you who are listening, uh, please uh, subscribe on on YouTube and Spotify and find it on iTunes and everywhere and all my social media. You probably know it by now: Facebook and the Twitter and the Gram and all of that. Thank you for for watching and listening wherever you're doing it. And um, yeah, Tim, we look forward to having you back at another Bull in the Basement. Uh, if I don't talk to you before, have wonderful holidays coming up, man. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, man. Thanks so much. Appreciate it.